the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. This is immediate post-match reaction to Crystal Palace's 3-1 uh, defeat at home tonight to Arsenal. Uh, as always, joined by my brother Luke. Luke, how are you? Got a bit of a sore throat, mate, from uh, shouting at Sellers. But apart from that, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I've only seen take, you about half hour ago. Take take a sore throat and uh, the opportunity to go and go to Sellers. Kev, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Good to have you back on the pod, my friend. We've missed you the last two. So, uh Looking forward to hearing about how you boys enjoyed it tonight and uh, how I enjoyed BT's coverage of the Palace game. <laughs> As always, don't forget at Six Pointer Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, getting that in nice and early. We're going to talk about the Arsenal game tonight, but we're going to we're going to probably jump around a few different topics because there is a very big topic to discuss. Did news that came out of Sellers uh, Park yesterday, which was that Roy is leaving us at the end of this season, guys. It wasn't really unexpected. It's kind of the news that we all yeah we kind of expected it, right? It was as a case of when it came, um, and and obviously attentions and focuses after uh, the next game will then turn to who will replace him. But for now, um, Kev, your immediate sort of reaction to, to the news, having, having now had sort of over 24 hours to settle yeah. on it? Yeah, well, to be honest with you, Matt, your brother, I think, put out a little note yesterday, didn't he? He said um, liable to be an announcement before the press conference. So I, I must admit, put Sky Sports on whilst working from home uh, and I saw it as the news broke. Um, so I, I suppose, as you say, not a surprise, I was surprised just how flat I felt yesterday uh, about it because I think, you know, so much wonderful stuff said about Roy and it's just overwhelming just how much of a gentleman he is, how he's been, and I know we'll come on to it. And and just, I, I suppose, until you reflect on what he's done and given us that, you know, mid-season, um, sorry, not mid-season, mid-table mediocrity for four years you don't appreciate just how big a job it is until you until you take a step back and think about it so all done Kev on a shoestring budget absolutely investment and support and that you know you're right that does really put it into context and what he has achieved Luke what, what did you think of Palace the way Palace handled it I, mu- I must say I was really impressed with how it was how it was done yeah well look the timing was common sense we spoke about in our last pod and we even pods before that didn't we that it made sense to to, to do it, and obviously it was nice that it was following a a, a, a victory for Palace at the, the weekend. It meant spirits were high, and it felt on social media that the Palace media team were doing a very good job at pulling at the heartstrings last week. You know, showing pictures of, of Roy and Wilf, and then you know talking about you know showing Roy in, in, in obviously a positive light and the way he interacts with players. And Kevin and I spoke yesterday around how he's going to be missed not only as as a head coach but also as as a person around the club as a, as a personality. Um, because he he's a gentleman and he, I've got a lot of admiration for the way that he conducts himself, um, the way that he speaks. So yeah, it, it's um, sad, obviously, you no, know, because uh, <laughs> there's not many managers apart from well, even Pulis and Allardyce went down eventually. But uh, I feel guarantee you Premier League safety, and I think that you know we've had that with Roy, we've had that comfort with Roy, and part of the anxiety in me is that you know it's, it's stepping into the unknown now. Um, mm. It's been four years of relative safety, and now I I don't know what's going to come next. It's an opportunity, but also I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little bit worried. How did you it feel, Matt? Kind of um, half expected it when 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 we knew there was going to be an announcement. You kind of knew that that's what it was going to be, right? It was inevitable. Yeah. 
Um, I'm really pleased with the way Palace had dealt with it because one of the biggest mm. things for me was Roy leaving on a high and yeah. uh, not leaving with dignity, but there has, has been kind of sections of the fan base who have said there needs to be a change, that the way we play uh, needs to be mixed up. Um, you have to sort of contextualise that with the investment that we refer to um, or lack of, and and the mm. fact that I think he said even in his sort of um, comments um, in the in the immediate reaction to it, just how the fact that three and a half years or so he's had, it's been largely with the same team, um, yeah. and there's a lot to say say for that because the, as we always say that the team or well, the squad is aging, so he's had a bunch of players who, in a sense, many of them would not have got better. Yeah, because because they're getting into the older older old age. Obviously, there's others like Wilf who has got better, but the vast majority of those who are now older um, have gone the other way potentially. So yeah, you, you know, I'm 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 gutted that he's leaving because it's the end of an era, and I I really respect and and rate very highly the job he's done. So it's sad in that respect, but you know, you have to now look to the fact that Palace have dealt with it in a positive, proud way. We got to hear from him tonight in a, in a really nice celebratory way. There was sort of 6,000 people there tonight to, to sort of clap and chant his name a number of times, which was lovely. It's now where we go from here. And that's the bit that I have a more of a not-so-positive reaction to, if I'm honest, Kev. Um, yeah, fair point, talked, fair point. We've, we've talked long and hard about it before. Though. We just don't know where we go from here. So, And, and uh, not, neither of the bookies looking at how things are changing. <laughs> there, so we will see. Someone's making a lot of money off that, mate. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the interesting yeah. thing, Matt, isn't it, before we come on to, and, and obviously appreciate this will ebb and flow because you boys have been there tonight and obviously I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, I've seen, obviously, for all my joking of BT Sport, they did show what Roy said after the game live on the pitch, which was very good, I thought. And nice. they asked some very good questions. Uh, Joe Cole and Freddie Lundberg were in the studio asking some good questions. And, and I think the thing is, if you look at where Roy's been, I think he's been on, he was on BBC News this morning, you know, you know, he was on um, Good Morning Britain or whatever as well. I think, you know, he's so well respected and whichever way you look at that, it's associated, you know, with Crystal Palace as well. And, and I think there's a lot of credit to be done by the club and not only just Roy, as the way we have handled it. And as you say, it has been very respectful. Uh, I think Roy said, tonight on his thing he wasn't he didn't know that there was going to be a, a guard of honor which I can imagine was mostly lovely to see would love mm. to have seen his face how how that was and but but I can't help feeling a little bit tonight not not because of the game we'll come on to the game I feel a little bit flat tonight um I didn't know I, I think Luke and I spoke yesterday and thought it'd be quite an emotional day today and I don't know from you two was it really emotional because you can't always quite pick that across on the telly. And when I watched the game, it felt like pre-season game, almost that first half, felt very pre-season-y. Just so I just wondered how it came across for you guys actually being in the stadium today. I think it was emotional, Kev, the many VAR decisions that we had to wait for. That was emotional. Um, <laughs> the, the, Roy situation, the Roy situation was nice. I, I, I yeah. just felt it was it was nice that he had, the like you say, the, the opportunity to walk out the way he did. Uh, they announced him. It was nice that he had the chance to sort of um, speak to the fans at the end. Yeah, it was just it just yeah it was it was a, it was a nice nice proceeding. I thought. Kev, you and I spoke yesterday, as you alluded to earlier, and I, I mentioned yesterday that this is a man that's almost come full circle in his career. You know, he started off at Crystal Palace as a as a youth team player. I think it was nineteen seventy six that he, he took his first job as as a 
as a young coach in, in Harmstead and his first season won the Allsmiskin out there and was getting a lot of criticism for the for his methods and him and Bob Houghton out there were, were getting criticism for going for four four twos and um, his use of things like zonal marking and you just got to think that this is a man that's had such an impact on the game. I don't appreciate that Scandinavian football, but he's then gone on to take Switzerland to their first, you know, World Cup in 1994, and then easily qualified for the following European Champions Championships. You know, he took Fulham from a relegation team to a Europa League final, and he's taken Crystal Palace from relegation scrappers to pretty safe mid-table football easily. You know, yes. he hasn't been in the bottom three since March 2018. March yeah. 2018, Crystal Palace has not been in the bottom three. And and, and on the mo- money that he's spent on the, well, no, he hasn't spent, um, the lack of investment, you know, the ability to to maintain performances, it hasn't always been pretty, I think, in the last couple of years, but it certainly has been effective. And mm. there are different generations of, of Crystal Palace fa- fans that feel differently about this, but certainly me and I'd like to think my generation will, will look on this as um, a golden generation for the club and a, a big thank you from from, from me um, to Roy Hodgson for providing that that era that I've been able to watch Palace win. And yeah. we know he listens. We know he listens, so definitely get your thanks there. <laughs> I'll send it to him, mate. I think just one reflection I would make on tonight was was, was getting to go was, was really, really quite special. I said to Luke, it's, it's, for me, watching it on telly, it definitely has lost something. It was fine initially because it because everything that was going on in the world, it was a distraction and it gave us a sense of normality and football came back. And watching it was fine, but I think for me, it's kind of hit a bit of a, a low yeah. moment watching it on telly. Um, and I think tonight being there, the whole sort of experience that we've touched on before in previous podcasts, it was back. Yeah. And that, that's what was really, really, really nice. And that's why I think the Roy situation was also nicer because it added to that kind of proceeding in that sense. Yeah, yeah no, that yeah. sounds absolutely right, Matt. I mean, I've, I've felt the same. I mean, me and Luke, I think when we were talking a few days ago, you know, we've done this whole season of pods, you know, in lockdown. Obviously, you boys have been there tonight, which is great. Uh, and obviously, forgive me, I think you, the Tottenham game, obviously we had a crowd there, but we've done yeah. them all from watching it on telly. And it's, it, is, it, it does, it has been hard. So, um, you know, brilliant for you guys to be there tonight and hopefully the sign of things to come and, and hopefully a full Selhurst come August with a bit of luck. Luke? Yeah, I think originally when it went into lockdown and it didn't seem so bad watching it on TV because... I almost feel like it still feels like a novelty for me, you know, of years of trying to scramble around to find a, a stream in Division 1 in the Championships to try and watch Palace. To be able to have Palace, you know, pretty much shoved in your face, easy, accessible, uh, was, was was nice. But yeah, obviously, you can't be being there and the atmosphere was great today. You know, the official match report on the website, uh, official club website, said something like it was 6,500, but it felt like 65,000, you know, when, <laughs> when Roy came out and the, and the players there. And at times, you know... When it was it was lovely because you'd hear the, the chants spread across the Arthur before they reached us, and the Arthur weight is is, a, is you know for all its failings, it's a fantastic football stand and it carries the noise so well. Uh, yeah. I'm almost envious that we put away supporters in there, really, if I'm honest. But to, to hear that that atmosphere sort of building and when it hits you and then everyone joins in unison around you, it was um, a special moment to be back in Tennis in the sun singing again. So uh, yeah, long may it continue, mate. And next season, look, let's hope we can have twenty six thousand there. 
Yeah, let's absolutely. touch on the game itself. Let's touch on the game itself then, because you know that was obviously the the focus of the evening itself. What was on the pitch, Kev? How, how did you see the first half? Because because Luke and I were reflecting on this, and and, and maybe we can touch on it afterwards. Our, our thoughts, because we we said one thing we did say is watching the telly to watching it on the ground. It'd be interesting to see what Kev has to say. So go on, you tell uh, us your, your yeah. the first half. Okay, I, I, I'll do my best, Matt. So I missed the first three minutes. So I understand that I missed a very bad Jeff Slup tackle. And I was told by some of my Arsenal friends that he was lucky to still be on the pitch. Well, we can um, see so, that. We can, this so, is, there you go, yeah. there's point one, right? We can so, see that. So I, no I, I, I hadn't seen it, but I, by all accounts, he was lucky to be on the pitch. But again, that's only come from a, a good friend of mine who's an Arsenal fan. Um, from what I could see of the game, it, it looked, it had, as I said a little while ago, it felt like a bit of a pre-season feel to it. I don't know if it was the sunshine and everything and everyone, because we didn't have a lot to play for, but they certainly did. Um, obviously, it spiced up a little bit, I think, when Tierney obviously went for his acting lesson after mm. Joel Wald kicked him. I, in fairness, Waldy was silly doing what he did, but there was no need for Tierney to react the way he did. But But he did what he did. The Palace fans then got on his back and then he produced a fantastic piece of football with Pepe and they scored a great goal. Let's be honest, you can't argue with it. It was a very good goal. I think mm. it was the only time in the game that Andros didn't track back when um, the boy went for the return um, from uh, from Tierney. Um, and let's be honest, Pepe took his goal well, so you can't take that away. So that was, you know, it, it had a first half feel to it. What was really then encouraging was, again, half-time came and we came out. And as Roy said on the pitch afterwards, I felt we were fully deserving a draw of, of the game from the second half. And I couldn't believe, just very quickly, um, going into the 90th minute, that Arsenal still felt quite pedestrian to me and they needed to win to have an outside chance of Europe. But right up until the 90th minute, they seemed pedestrian. Luke, I think I'm going I, to you, am I? I, I? I thought, actually, before before the goal, I actually thought it was coming because they had a procession mm. of corners, didn't they? I can't, I can't remember how many they had, but there were a number of corners. And, Kev, I want to get me I want to get me and Luke a drink and you got a bovril. Uh, and I missed the goal. <laughs> he, I loves the he, loves the bovril. Bovril. he loves a bovril. He loves a bovril. But I thought before that, the momentum was built. It felt in his, in the, yeah. his stadium. It felt like the momentum was building for Arsenal at that point. It did. It felt like we were, I, I think I turned to you at half-time, bro, and it felt like we were under siege a little bit and a little bit entrenched in that, that sort of that quarter of our of the park and it was a little bit like a bombardment. But I said to you also, like, I was surprised Arsenal don't shoot more, given I think that where the, the team in the Premier League that's conceded the most goals from outside the box, it felt like Arsenal were almost trying to walk it in. And look, they did create a, a, a brilliant goal in the end a brilliant football goal um, and if that's what they're striving to achieve you know fair enough but I, if I was an Arsenal fan perhaps I'd be a little bit frustrated that I think they didn't take as many shots as they could have done I think they only had three on target and you know they scored all three of them so um, certainly clinical <laughs> mate but yeah it, it felt a little bit like you know obviously we didn't see the Jeffrey Schlupp thing um, there were there were VAR bits and pieces throughout the game which we need to speak about because you know me and Matthew I turned to Matthew at one point I'm like well, what, what's going on what I, I've got no idea it's, you know what, what what the situation is and yet Kev the irony is that you're sitting you know miles away in front of a, a TV and you're probably better informed than me it's not yeah. right is it no, no yeah, I there, don't there think were so moments, there were moments Kev when we were just looking at them, what is going on like it'll pop up on the screen because the, the, the moment would pass it'll pop up on the screen you'd be like well, what are they checking it's a VAR what, what are they yeah. checking 
And then yeah. after a few minutes, we'll tell you what they're checking for. Then there's the, yeah. well, you know, what did that happen? Did that not happen? Yeah. How did how, how was it watching it on, on BT? <sighs> well, you know me, I love a bit of BT. Um, <laughs> it, it was all right. I mean, as you say, there were VAR incidents, but I think because of the way the game was being played, it didn't really feel to me, and maybe it's because I weren't 100% engaged in it as much as I normally would because of the, you know, what the occasion was, that it didn't seem um, as, uh, as you know, as concerning to me. I think the only time I really got concerned is obviously when they went to VAR for Christian's goal uh, to mm. see if that was offside. And I'm thinking, what the what 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 are they going on for there? Um, so I didn't quite understand where that was coming from. I mean, they were looking at not only offside, they were looking at two fouls on the two centre-halves who both crumbled, you know, <laughs> under under the weight of Christian pushing past him. One fell on his backside and the other one went flaced down into the turf. And, you know, for an Arsenal side that plays some good football, Christ, did they waste some time. And have they, you know, if we think Jordan Ayew screams, you want to watch some of their players scream today because it was just, it was beyond a joke, quite frankly, right, beyond right. a joke. Throw-ins were their favourite, weren't they, Kev? <laughs> just a joke. The, 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 amount, the amount of yards they um, they, they gave oh. throw-ins was, mm. was, was, was terrible, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're an Arsenal fan, I guess you call that good game management. What I wouldn't yeah, be absolutely. so pleased with if I was an Arsenal fan was some of their defending, especially for the goal. I think, bruv, I said to you, watch Gary Cale, because there's a couple of times where we've had some set pieces or corners where he, he, he does the simplest movement from inside the box. He moves and goes all the way around the back. He wasn't once picked up. So I actually mm. said to him for, for the action for, for the second half and uh, Christian's goal, I said to him, if you look at Cale, because he completely peeled off, he was in about, he had about six yards of space all around him. It was, it was incredible. Um, I half expected the ball to go to him, um, but obviously Christian got there. But, Bob, we need to speak about the second half. And it felt like at the end of the first half, we were just waiting for the second half to come and for Palace to be shooting towards the Homesdale again. And it, it did feel like we, we sort of sucked that ball in a little bit, uh, especially on that, that set piece with Andros with a fantastic delivery, obviously, and Christian doing what he does. Yeah, Kev, you said, you said that you saw Roy's um, speech uh, at the end. And one of the things he did say was, you know, we deserved the point. And, yeah, and absolutely. actually, we could have won that when Wilf was one-on-one or two-on-one two at the end, you know, that, and then they weren't there in the score, didn't they? And, and I turned to look at the typical Baelish, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm, all I would say about that, Matt, I mean, you're right. We had, Wilf had a couple of one-to-ones and I think, you know, they defended relatively well or got away with one. But but Ayu had a very good chance as well just before the end with a header right close in, which we didn't take. But Bamiyang missed one up there in where it'd been put in with a good cross. But apart from that, you know, I thought it was going to, you know, fizzle out into a 1-1. And bearing in mind, you know, we've got some good Arsenal friends who listen to the pod from time to time. I would have been going mad as an Arsenal fan that they weren't almost throwing everything at it to try and get it. But then in fairness to them, quality ball in from the, the young man who came on from the sub, um, you know, uh, and, and then the, the kid he got in at the back, Martinelli or something at the back, uh, who took the goal well. So, you know, they waited and waited and waited and the ball into the box, which caught walled out, obviously, uh, from Martinelli then putting it in was a great goal. The third goal, you know, let's be honest, he didn't deserve to beat us 3-1. I saw Arteta's press conference afterwards and he said, you know, we were comfortable. No, you weren't, Mikel. <laughs> Straight to Mikel, though, if you're listening. What was interesting, though, I think Palace, 
obviously made a tactical change in putting Czech Coyote back in central midfield and, and seeing James Tonkins. And I thought Tonkins and Cahill, you know, obviously it feels strange to say this after conceding three goals, but they, I think they had a pretty decent game at centre-half, considering they hadn't played together since... I, I, I couldn't can tell you. Um, it would be at least sort of about six or eight months, I'd imagine, as, as a centre-back pairing. And Czech gives you that little bit, especially in the first half, we need that little release of trying to drive through the middle, um, which is something I think we've missed. And, you know, we've been coming to Eze and how much we're going to miss him <laughs> next season and potentially into next year as well, given mm. the news that's potentially come out today. Obviously yet to be confirmed, but you do fear the worst. Um, yeah. Even more so when we're coming to a transfer window where you never know, there might be a few midfielders who are out of contract who might get on now for the deal. Yeah, I thought I thought also James McCarthy wasn't at his his usual best. Actually, I thought a bit of a flat game for him today. That he didn't have to buy it tonight. That's good, isn't it? But um, I think we did miss Luca in in that sense in the middle. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I coming back to sort of the end of the game as, as Kevin alluded to. I thought there was a, a sort of a 10, 15 minute period, probably just before the goal actually, where Palace really sort of up the ante and got back into it. They, they 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 had a really good start and went a little bit flat and then picked it up again. And we had mm. the one on one, and then Arsenal went up the other end and got the goal, and the game was gone. Then wasn't it? The minute they scored, that was it. it was sort of four minutes to uh, injury time, um, and it was unfortunate they got another one to kind of make the score look a lot less representative of the of the actual game it, it, itself. And, and as Roy said, we we deserved more than that. So yeah, yeah, it was a shame. I, I think the interesting thing is, Matt. I mean, as we said, you know, we can put the game to bed I think you know congratulations to Arsenal because it gives them with the way games have gone tonight it gives them quite an interesting running so I think there's about three teams or four teams all on one point between them chasing the Europa position so that's going to be interesting Uh, I think Liverpool were 2-0 up when I last saw so I think we you know we've still got a chance to have an impact on what goes on and you know 3-1 3-1 was not a 3-1 game tonight, was it? We know that. So let's see what we can do when we go up and play Liverpool. It will be quite an interesting game up there on Sunday. They'll have fans there right as well. They'll have a good yeah. good, uh, good number of fans in, in the stadium. 10,000, so. I think they're allowed. Yeah, right. yeah. I think it'd be pretty good up there. Pretty good up there. So, you know, as you say, I, I feel a bit flat that we haven't got a point for Roy tonight. But I think he knows with the way they played and the two sucker punches, 91st and 95th minute, it is what it is. And in 45 years, he's seen that quite a few times. So the thing about Roy, it's a bit like the pod, isn't it? We don't get too excited when we've done really well. and We don't get too down when we've not done well, which I think is most probably Roy Hodgson to a T, really, in his Palace time. Well, I don't know if my maths is correct. And given my history of had maths on the pod, probably not. But... <laughs> I think what please a lot of Palace fans, I think that Brighton will need to need us to lose on the final game of the season, for them to win on the final game of the season and win by a three-goal margin to, to finish above us. So I, I think that's... Prob- I don't know who they're playing, actually. Who are they playing? Arsenal. There you go. So they're not going to beat Arsenal by three goals. So a little bit of consolation by three goals, a three-goal margin. They beat Man City and all it takes is Liverpool to whack us a few. Luke's just tempted fate there. But hey, mate, yes. but let, let's not worry about it, Luke. Let's not worry about it because we're going to go and get something at Liverpool. Because what was our points title we said? 45, wasn't it? So if we get a point at Liverpool, we're oh, all on about 45 points, aren't we? I think I said 45. One of you said 46, didn't you? I don't know. Action, action, before, yeah. action before next pod is to, is to listen back and uh, write down yeah. the scores and we can reflect and see who's... Yeah. Uh, well, I said, nine, I said nine points, so I think I've, I've got a fighting chance, boys. I think you're both under 10. I'm saying nothing. 
<laughs> so we've got Liverpool up next week, as as Kev has just alluded to, um, and it will be the last game of Roy's what three and a half or so years in in charge. Kev, what's your favourite Roy moment? You have to pick one game that you look back oh, on. Cool, blimey, Matt. You put me on the spot there. Listen, mate, as you know, when you reach my age, memory can be a bit tricky. It's normally pretty good for me. I'm, I'm actually going to say, I think it's Motobuli, Roy's first win for us. Because uh, unless I'm wrong, and I'm sure you boys will pick me up if I'm wrong, to beat Chelsea, which were our first points of the season, when he'd been with us, I think it was his fourth game or something in charge after the Frank De Boer thing, and, and Wilf came back that day. We beat Chelsea at home which were our first points on the board of the season after seven. It was our eighth game of the season, wasn't it? So to get the first one of Roy bringing us back and taking us back on that, you know, let's be honest, boys, we were seven games, seven losses, no goals. And then we came and beat Chelsea. So I'm, I'm going to go with that one purely because I can't really pick out big wins but that was so, so important to get those points that day and start the momentum. And as Luke said, we've very rarely been out of the bottom. We've Sorry, we've very rarely been in the bottom three since Roy's been with us. So yeah. I'm going to go that one, Matt. I'm going to go with probably, a, a, probably a, an obvious choice, but the game I've really enjoyed the most, for obvious reasons. A 5 nil win at home to Leicester. Uh, at the end of Roy's first year in charge because it'd be easy to also to go for the Bournemouth game which I'm not going to go for because I think we saw the, the free-flowing football that a Roy Hodgson team can can um, produce um, that was when Roy Ball meant something different to a lot of people the, the, the Wilfrid's a hard goal that was made by Ruben Loftus-Cheek passing out to Patrick Van Arnholt to, who sips it inside to James McCarthy no, James McCarthy um Dummies it, so it feels falls for it, it was like watching Brazil. I mean, you could you could easily slap some some Brazil shirts on on there, and people wouldn't have known the difference. It was it was outstanding football, and probably one of the best footballing goals I've seen at Sellers Park. Certainly, the best team goal I've seen. You know, Jordan Ayew at West Ham, Boxing Day has, has got a notable mention as the best best technical goal I've seen. But in terms of the whole performance, you know, Ruben lost cheek rounding the goalkeeper at the end who had a nightmare. It, it, it was just a, a, the first time I think. Sellers Park felt a bit of relief from the constant pressures of relegation and at the end of that game it just felt like right we're safe now um, I think we maybe maybe late March April it was in, April the 20... 28th Luke April the Thank 28th you. and, if, and yeah. if I can just add to that if I may what made that even better as you may recall was the fifth goal was a penalty and they gave the ball to Christian yeah. to take it because obviously he had been much maligned after taking responsibility for the penalty when we drew against Bournemouth when he missed in the last minute in the, de- in the December before. So it taken four or five months. And that said everything about Palace, wasn't it? The boys think, gave yeah. him, gave him there, the ball and said, you put it. There was, there was that, Kevin. And also was a time that, look, I, I, at the time it felt like the fans influenced that decision because they were singing, oh, Christian Bittek, we wanted to take it, obviously, from, from Luca. And we knew there would have been a, perhaps a little bit of trepidation. You, when you watch it back, it do, does seem that there is that a little bit. But I mean, I think Roy in the post-match interview said he was screaming at Joel Ward to get the message across to give it to Christian because they wanted it as well. So it almost felt like a moment where you, know, you had the management team, yeah. the, the team and the fans all on the same hymn, hymn sheet. And that Christian falls on his ass, but still puts it in and sort of gives an apologetic sort of thank you to the Palace fans and the homes though afterwards. And it was a nice moment for everyone. Does that, does that give you time, Matt, to come up with one now? 
Well, I cheated. I have two, right? So, two. Uh, and you, you, no, well, as you're the author like, of the pod, we'll let you. You're like my two. Well, actually, I get away with it because one isn't actually a, a, a match-related situation. So my favourite game is not because of the result or the performance. It's because Roy got a assist. So it's I think it was December last year. It's Ben Teke's header, headed goal away at West Ham. The ball yeah. comes in. Uh, and Ben Take knocks it in. But then when they play the replay back and they show the bench reaction, actually, as the ball comes in, Roy nods it, nods it onto Tekkers, in it goes. So that's my favourite <laughs> moment because he, he put that in with, with Christian. He got, got the, the knock on for him. I hope um, he had an assist bonus in his contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find it, Kevin. I'll send it to you. It's, it's oh, I love brilliant. it. I love it. I look forward to that. I look forward um, to that. <laughs> yeah, the, the other one I have, which is is not sort of game match related, but it shows the character of Roy and, and one of the reasons that we we you know respect him so so highly is there was a, a game uh, football that he went to. I think it might have been a club of of children. And uh, he celebrated with them all, uh, and they, they, it was a fantastic uh, scene. It's Palace have put it on social media and things historically, and it's just really nice to see, you know, Roy the man, uh, as well as the football football manager and coach uh, that he is. So, so that, that's why I, have, I, have, I have two uh, in that respect. Cheating a little bit there, but I hope that's okay. Listen, I think on a night like tonight, Matt, you're very welcome to cheat because I think you know whichever way you want to finish this pod tonight. We can be incredibly proud and privileged that we've had Roy Hodgson as our manager. He's managed for our country as well. And the reality of it is, for as you, as Luke said, Croydon boy just stood on the stood there at Sellers with his dad from a five or six year old watching Palace. You know, 1976 was the year he started coaching. That was the year I went to my first Palace game, 1976. So that feels quite poignant for me. I love the fact that over the last few days, you know, Roy's mentioned his his wife and his son and the unbelievable support he's had. Um, and that says everything about what Crystal Palace is, its family. And uh, we have ups, we have downs, but we're always there. And that's what Palace is. And that's what Roy Orton is. And whatever he goes, wherever he wants to do, I wish him well and Thank you, Roy, as Luke said earlier, for what you've given the club and for giving us our uh, our dignity back, I think, in the Premiership to make us a well-established Premier League club. Very much so, Kev. 100% echo that. And I think as the as the good quote that Palace have uh, been using, has been used in the stands before, from the terraces to the dugout, one Roy Hodgson. Thanks very much, as always. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget at Six Pointer Podcast, Instagram and Twitter. From the terraces to the dugout, one boy Hodgson, up the palace. Up the palace. Up the palace. Up to palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.